Welcome to the Crowd Church Podcast. We are an online church and you are listening to the service that we also live stream on YouTube and Facebook. For more information about Crowd Church, please visit our website at www.crowd.church. Well, good afternoon and welcome to Crowd Church. My name is Matt Edmondson. Beside me is the beautiful Anna Carroll. Anna, how are we doing? I'm doing very well, thank you. It is a beautiful afternoon, isn't it? It's lovely oh. and Yeah, yeah, beautiful. And of course, this being online church, you can watch this in the garden, on the beach, wherever you are, as long as you've got an internet signal, you can still join in. Exactly. It's so, only us two that have to go indoors. <laughs> yeah, well, you can't see uh, the way the camera situation is uh, situated here for me uh, is it points to the the back wall what you can't see are all the windows open and the door is open so a cat may walk in at any point in time i'm trying to get as much airflow as i can because it is hot in the room with all the computer equipment let me tell you so uh yeah <laughs> still have you been enjoying it sorry let me just point out if you are watching this outside of the uk you will not be aware that we are in well, at the beginnings, maybe, of a crazy heat wave here in the UK. It's supposed to get yeah, up to 40 to degrees. The at the end. They never last very long, do they? <laughs> this is why us Brits always get so excited about good weather, because we have so little of it. Yeah, and we then we get, it, we get it for three days and realise our houses and our offices aren't built for hot weather. <laughs> They're really all not. we do is complain that we're too hot, and my husband's already doing it downstairs. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's such Sorry, a British yeah, thing, isn't great. it? It is Andy, get over it. Get over I know. it. I love, I love uh, the heat, but uh, yeah, no, it's, yeah, yeah. It's, this is unusual for us, isn't it? It's like it in the really, late 20s and early 30s. Really is. I mean, what's the temperature at the moment now in Liverpool? Let me just double check because about 29 or 30. Is it? Is it really that hot? Cheapers. Well, that's what my app said. You know, and if the BBC says it, it must be true. It is 31 degrees in 31. Liverpool. We have breached 30 degrees, let me tell you. That's the kind of weather that I had to fly all over the world to find because you could never find it in England, right? So, yeah, we're very that excited. That is quite warming for you, but enough said about that. I suppose you never to get used it to, to have high temperatures in England. Say again. I said that must be global warming for you because you never used to have <laughs> yeah. that kind of heat in, in England. Well, no, the, you see, you're maybe slightly too young for that. I mean, I was only three. We had a massive heat wave in the summer of 76. Uh, so uh, it's not unusual uh, to have you saying that. It was nearly, what, 50 years ago. Matt's uh, yeah. so... <laughs> talking about four years before I was born, so now I've just given my age away as you well. You really but, have. Yeah, that, tells you, that tells you a lot, so yeah. That, <laughs> yeah a couple of 50 years ago. Yeah, so welcome to England, welcome to the heatwave, and welcome to Crowd Church. We are an online church and not a weather reporting service, but we're so excited about the good weather, we can't help but talk about it. So uh, it's great that you're here. If this is your first time with us, uh, please feel free, please feel welcome. Uh, do say hi in the comments, let us know where you are watching from, uh, and or you can reach out to us via the website if you're watching this on Catch Up or listening to it on our podcast uh, the web address is www.crowd.church. We would love to hear from you. And of course, if you're into that whole social media thing, uh, at Crowd Church for both Instagram and Facebook. So yes, 
come and say hi, come and join in. Love to hear from you uh, wherever you are around the world. And of course, if you're not new to Crowd, if like Anna and I, you've been around a little while, uh, as they say, you're still welcome. You're still welcome here. I see Matt Crew is just, he is, he is on one in the comments at the moment. Uh, he called us Beauty and the Beast. Uh, I yeah. guess, and I'm the beast. Uh, he's, <laughs> and now he's calling it's me the ancient one. <laughs> and we've got Nicola and Dave, I see. So yeah, yeah. you basically ready? Welcome yeah, yeah. everyone. Absolutely, welcome, welcome. Good to see you, Dave. Good to see you, Lala. Uh, it's great that you're here joining us on Crowd Church tonight. Uh, Anna, I, d I don't know if I've prepped you actually that well. I'm going to ask you the question, what's happening tonight? What's happening tonight is we are going to hear from Matt, who's going to be talking to us about Batson shortly. So we were actually supposed to have Alistair Marshall here tonight, weren't we, presenting yeah. with me? Unfortunately, he's been called into work. He's a doctor, he right? Yeah, so yeah, he, yeah, he, he, does, he does that whole surgery thing. And so yeah. apparently people with heart conditions need, need his attention. And so... Um, yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So, he does a proper serious job, unlike us, us people <laughs> who work in marketing. So, so yeah, bless him. So he's he's working, and so we now have Matt who is hosting with me and also presenting the talk afterwards. So lots yeah, of Matt and my tonight, everyone. Yeah, it wasn't supposed to be that way, but it is what it is. So it's um, yeah. I apologise to everybody if you by the end of the night you will have heard my voice a fair a fair little bit, uh, but it is what it is, unfortunately. And obviously, our prayers and thoughts with Al as he is doing open heart surgery uh, on amazing people. So um, yes, that is what is happening. So uh, Al will be back soon. I have no doubt though, because you know the man is a legend uh, in his own making. So. Yes, today we are talking about baptism. Now, the way this service is going to run, if you're unfamiliar with crowd, is we are going to jump straight into the talk. Then we're going to hit uh, what we like to call in the church worship, which is where we sing. Uh, if you're able, uh, praise and worship song or just listen to the words, let them you know, sink into your head, think about what they mean. Uh, and then after the song, Anna and I will be back for Conversation Streets. Yes. I need like... Um, I need like a special uh, sound or something. Have you, have you been on a live stream when I played with my effects board, Anna? Have, have I done that? I feel like, uh, no, otherwise I probably would have remembered that. I just feel like that's something that is suitably silly that I would remember. Yeah, yeah. So if I do this, uh, after the song, Anna and I will be back for... Conversation Street. Oh, wow. No, I definitely haven't <laughs> seen that before. That is special. <laughs> that is so uh, so extra, uh, as my kids say. I've got this one. Conversation Street. So yeah, we. Anyway, I'll stop playing with my effects panels now. Uh, it's the little things. It's the little things that keep me happy. <laughs> so, should we jump into the talk? Uh, and then, like I say, we're back to Conversation Street. Do join in the comments if you have any questions. Uh, then do write them in the comments. We will get to them at Conversation Street. I've had a few already. Uh, I've got a few already on my list, actually, which we've got. Um, but if you've got any other questions you would like to have uh, or just want to say hi, do that in the comments while the talk is going on. Anna and I will be back after this.
What does the Bible say about baptism? And let's get straight to the point. Why should I care, right? Uh, should I get baptized if I haven't been baptized already? Why do Christians make such a big deal of baptism? And what's the whole thing with the whole practice of infant baptism or baby baptism or christening? A lot of questions. So I want to dig into some of this uh, and get some clarity from the scriptures, from the Bible, because really, baptism for a Christian is a majorly significant event in our lives. And I want to understand why. So what is baptism? Now, let's start there, because there are many different practices around the world. You may have been baptized. You may have seen people getting baptized. You may have seen things on the TV, maybe a baby getting baptized inside the Roman Catholic Church or a more traditional church like an Anglican church, for example. You may have seen people in white robes sort of wander into rivers to get baptized. Is that what baptism is? Well, like I say, there's lots of practices, but the word baptism simply means immersion or submersion, basically to fully cover something. So what does Jesus have to say about baptism? And was there baptism at the time of Jesus? Because if this idea of immersion was around then, what was Jesus's response to that? So to dig into this, I'm going to jump, 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 <laughs> jump straight into one of the most remarkable stories in the whole of the Bible. And before I do, I want to give you a little bit of a backdrop because there is a character in the Gospels called John, who later becomes known as John the Baptist. And John was in fact the cousin of Jesus, and he spent most of his days baptizing people in the River Jordan. And what's, it, uh, what's interesting about John, there are lots of things which are interesting about this character. But one of the fascinating things about this guy is he was the first recognized prophet since Malachi. OK, what's the big deal there? Well, the gap between Malachi and John the Baptist was 400 years. 400 years. Now, prophets were pretty significant for the Jewish community at the time. Imagine going 400 years without having a prophet. And the first guy that comes along after that barren spell is this chap called John the Baptist. Now, his coming was foretold 700 years before by Isaiah, who was a prophet in the Old Testament. And so this is a pretty key event. This is a pretty a uh, pretty important thing to pay attention to. So Matthew, who wrote Matthew's Gospel, the first book in the New Testament, chronicling the life of Jesus, records this about the character known as John the Baptist. He said, John wore a garment of camel's hair and a leather belt around his waist and his food was locusts and wild honey. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I obviously... Matthew also found this intriguing and decided to write it. It's not a diet I would particularly enjoy, and I've never worn a garment made of camel's hair. At least I don't think I have. I just genuinely don't know. Uh, but despite that, despite John living this kind of simple life and people recording his diet and his clothing, 
We know that John was very, very popular with the people at the time, and many would come to hear his message and be baptized by him, including, it seems, Jesus himself. Matthew goes on to write, he said, Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to John to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him saying, I need to be baptized by you and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him and said, let it be so now, for thus it is fitting, uh, it is fitting to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water and behold, the heavens were open to him and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Now this for me is one of the most remarkable stories in the whole Bible. And we're going to get into why. But I kind of feel like that whole, I've got a little button here on my sound pad, that whole, I need like a voice of God type thing where he says, Behold, this is my son with whom I am well pleased. Enough of that. Anyway, sorry, let's get carried away. So Jesus, right, let's just think this through. Why is this remarkable? Jesus himself gets baptized. But why? Why would Jesus do this? And it seems that John had a particularly tough time with this idea. He says to Jesus, I need to be baptized by you. It's not you that should be coming to me. And to understand why this is such an issue for John, it helps us to know that the Bible actually talks about different types of baptism. That's right. Not all baptisms are created equal, it seems. We have baptism in water, which is what we are predominantly going to be talking about today. There's something called baptism in the Holy Spirit, which Mike talked about in week nine of our Alpha Course series, which you can get in the back catalogue. Yes, you can. Just head over to www.crowd.church, search that out and watch it because it was an amazing session on her baptism of the Holy Spirit. There's also something called John's baptism, uh, which has to be, which has to be, which doesn't make sense, which has to do with being cleansed. So if we back up a few verses in Matthew, we see that this is true, right, for John's baptism. So Matthew says this, uh, or records this, and it's actually John that speaks. He says, I baptized with water. Those who repent from their sins and turn to God. So John's baptism is called a baptism of repentance, which is a very posh church term, isn't it? It just simply means uh, in this context to turn away, specifically from your sin. And remember that sin is simply missing God's standard. It's an old archery term uh, when an archer completely misses, you know, his firing is burning out. When he completely misses the target, the ref or whatever he was called at the other end of the field would hold up a white flag with the word sin written on it, indicating he had completely missed the mark. So sin is all about missing the mark. It's about missing the standard which has been set by a holy God. And it is something that affects us all. So John's baptism was all about people wanting to repent from their sin, to turn away from their sin. It's just people wanting to get right with God. 
And this, this kind of explains why John had a hard time baptizing Jesus, because Jesus hadn't sinned. There was nothing for him to repent of, to turn away from. It didn't make sense to John. And he was looking at this event through the lens of repentance, just like he had been doing with all of the other baptisms. Like I said, Matthew records it like this. I baptize with water those who repent of their sins and turn to God. But someone is coming soon who is greater than I am, so much greater that I am not worthy even to be his slave or carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. I maybe need to do this. He will baptize you with fire. <laughs> Stuff in too much fun. Sorry, I've got a new sound desk and it's got these voice effects on. I was getting carried away. Anyway, G uh, John sees Jesus uh, as much more significant. That he's greater, right, than him. And so he didn't see Jesus as someone that needed to turn away from sin. So why, why did Jesus get baptized? Well, there's a few schools of thought on this, right? Number one, maybe Jesus did actually sin and he did need to repent or turn away from that and he felt he needed to get right with God. But if that's the case and he needed to get baptized like everyone else, then it kind of goes against everything else that we know about Jesus and it would make Christianity a shambles. So I'm not sure that's the reason. <laughs> so a lot of theologians think that actually this is Jesus declaring to the world that he, it is he who will take all of the sins of the world. He will take on all of our sin. It is he who will ultimately cleanse us from all of our sins, which is, which is quite incredible, really. And to understand this, to, to understand what this means, I want to introduce another term to you. And it's this whole idea of substitution. Now, I remember really clearly when I was about 18 years old, my sister, Amy, who was only a few months old at the time, was pretty sick. And I was in her room with my dad, uh, who was changing her clothes. And my dad said something that kind of stuck with me. I've never really forgotten it. He said, you know what? I wish I could be sick for her. Now, if you've got kids, you will know my dad's heart here. And being a father myself, I totally get it. You see your kids sick. They don't understand it. It doesn't make any kind of sense. You kind of go, I would quite happily take that upon me and give you my health if I could, right? Uh, if I could swap it around, if I could, if I could substitute, which is what my dad wanted. He wanted to take her sickness and give her his health. And it's called substitution, right? Uh, or sometimes it's even called the divine exchange because where my dad was powerless to do this, where I was powerless to do this with my own kids, God, it seems, wasn't. And that's the whole story of Jesus, that he came to take upon himself all of humanity's brokenness, all of its sin, all of its sickness, all of its fear, all of the gunk. And he gave us instead his wholeness, his righteousness, which just means right standing with God. And he gave us his peace. So he had the power to take all of this offers and give us all of this good stuff that he had. 
So Jesus, right here at the start of his ministry on earth, gets baptized as a symbol that he would be our substitute. And that whilst he was fully righteous, fully right with God and without sin, he would take the world's brokenness in our place. It was his declaration of his purpose. Pretty amazing stuff, right? Now, Jesus himself even told John the reason for him getting baptized. It, this is what Jesus said. It is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. And this is why Jesus getting baptized is such a big deal. Jesus is here to fulfill a mission, and that mission will have remarkable consequences for the identity of humanity for the ages to come which is just wow, right? If you remember the talk from uh, Dan talking about what the Bible says about God, sometimes you can just, all you can do is just go, wow, right? So this is all well and good for Jesus, but what about you and me? Why do we then have to get baptized? Is it the same for us as it is for those who got baptized by John? So why get baptized? Well, let's have a look at this, right? There, uh, for Christians, there is a lot more to it, I think, than just John's baptism, just this whole idea of repentance of sin. And it connects with this idea of substitution or the divine exchange that I mentioned. See, when we get baptised, we identify with the death, burial and resurrection of Jesus. Baptism is not necessarily about cleansing us from our sins because that's something that Jesus has already done. But it is us identifying with what he did. So here's what St. Paul had to say about the topic uh, when he was writing to the Roman church. He said this. So what do we do? Keep on sinning so God can keep on forgiving? I should hope not. If we've left the country where sin is sovereign, how can we still live in our old house? Or don't you realise we packed up and left there for good? This is what happened in baptism. When we went under the water, we left the old country of sin behind. And when we came up out of the water, we entered into the new country of grace, a new life in a new land. Love that translation. That was a message translation, right? So this that's what baptism is. That's what baptism means, right? You're baptized into the life of Jesus. So when we are lowered into the water, as we go down, it's like the burial of Jesus. And when we're raised up out of the water, well, that's like the resurrection of Jesus. This is what Paul was saying. Each of us is raised into a light-filled world by our Father so that we can see where we're going in our new grace-sovereign country. Love that. Love that language, right? So here we start to see the significance of baptism, okay? When we go down into the water, we identify with the death of Jesus, knowing that Jesus died not just for my sin, but for all sin, right? Yours included. He is taking my place and your place. And death is the consequence of sin. So I'm acknowledging that Jesus took my place, that he died where I should have died. And as we're fully immersed, remember that's what baptism means, in the water, as we're under the water, 
We are identifying with the burial of Jesus, that Jesus was dead for three days and was buried in a tomb in the rocks of Jerusalem. He was the one man who should never have died and have never needed to be buried, but he was. And it was the ultimate injustice that a holy God would die the death of a sinner. But it is also the greatest act of heroism because Jesus chose to do this for you and for me. But Jesus didn't just stay in the tomb. The whole point of the Christian faith, the crux on which it functions and pivots, the entire truth of it boils down to one key point, that Jesus rose from the dead. That resurrection happened on that glorious Easter Sunday. And as we are lifted out of the water, out of the baptism waters, we are, we are identifying with that resurrection. That it wasn't just Jesus who was raised from the dead, but that it was also me that has been raised into newness of life. That's pretty incredible, right? It's like my old nature, my old identity, my past, my sin, my shame have all gone. They are still in the tomb where Christ lay, at the bottom of the baptism waters, if you like. Paul carries on in his letter to the Roman church about this. I think he's getting excited. I'm getting excited. He says this, could it be any clearer? Our old way of life was nailed to the cross with Christ a decisive end to sin, or that sin-miserable life, no longer at sin's every beck and call. What we believe is this. If we get included in Christ's sin-conquering death, we also get included in his life-saving resurrection. (laughs) Wow. Just wow, right? That's the beauty of all of this. That's why I got baptized. It was a celebration for me, an announcement to the whole world that I belong to Christ and that I understood that I was included in Christ's sin-conquering death and that I was also included in his life-saving resurrection. It's good stuff, eh? I mean, it's good stuff. It's why Christians get excited about baptism. It's why we tell everyone about it. It's why we invite people on to our baptism services. We are just so overwhelmed at the meaning of it, right? So does getting baptized make me a Christian? It's a good question, isn't it? In a simple word, no, I don't think it does. Have you ever seen the TV show Married at First Sight? Now, apart from the real oddness of that show, it goes to show that marriage is more than just a ceremony. It's about a decision you take seriously for the rest of your life. The ceremony is just an outward display of a decision, of a commitment that you have made internally. And you are declaring to the world, this is my decision. Well, baptism's like that. It's an outward display of a decision that you have made at heart, decision. Baptism without that commitment, that change of heart and mind, is nothing more than a, well, it's nothing more than a quick bath, really, which is why in baptism, most of the time, the person doing the baptism service will say, upon the profession of your faith. So baptism is something you do after becoming a Christian, okay? 
How soon after becoming a Christian? Doesn't really matter. Could be a few seconds. For me, it was a couple of years. It doesn't really matter. The Bible doesn't really say, but it talks about getting baptized after you become a Christian. But what if I was baptized as a baby? Because I, like many others, was christened and baptized, I think, as a baby. It's something many parents do for their kids and for many different reasons, depending on the church that they are a member of and the tradition of that church. I grew up in a predominantly Church of England or an Anglican style culture. For others, it may have been something else, like the Catholic Church, for example. Each church has its own ideas and cultures and thoughts and traditions around baptizing your baby. But these are traditions in the church. What I can tell you is that I don't see infant baptism in the Bible. I don't see babies getting baptized. Every story I kind of read in the New Testament of someone getting baptized, especially after Jesus's resurrection, they were all adults who had decided to journey with Christ. And that's why I personally chose to get baptized as an adult, despite being christened as a baby and despite actually doing confirmation in my teenage years. So remember, when you get baptized, you are identifying with the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ. Paul, who has a much better way of putting things than me, said this to the church at, uh, to the Colossian church, the church at Colossia, Colossi, the Colossian church. He said this, when you came to Christ, you were circumcised, but not by a physical procedure. It was a spiritual procedure the cutting away of your sinful nature. For you were buried with Christ when you were baptized, and with him you were raised to a new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. Sounds good, eh? Sounds good. Trusting the mighty power of God. That's what we've done, right? And that is baptism that's some of what the bible says about baptism but stick around stay with us for conversation street for questions like well how long should i actually wait before i get baptized should i be of a certain age what happens what actually happens when i get baptized i mean i know i identify with the death burial and resurrection of christ what really happens uh, just normally right what should i wear who should baptize me all of these kind of questions are coming up in conversation street so don't go anywhere i searched the world but it couldn't feel me empty praise and treasures that fade are never enough then you came along and put me back together but every desire is now satisfied here in your
God of the mountain is the God of the valley. There's not a place your mercy and grace won't find me again. Oh, there's nothing better than you. There's So welcome back to Conversation Streets with myself and with Anna. Uh, and I realised in that talk I got a bit carried away again with my FX panel. So uh, apologies ahead of time. Uh, Matt Crew apparently has limited me to be only only able to use the FX panel twice. Uh, Anna, you'll be pleased to know now. Twice per, twice per session, yeah. yeah. Yeah, twice per live stream. You've already exceeded that, haven't you? Because you were playing with it before you played that. Anyway. <laughs> I completely forgot that I did it in the talk as well. Uh, but I think it's good to, I need a better effects uh, for a voice of God than the one that we used. Um, that was for sure. But yeah. <laughs> so sorry about that, boys and girls. Uh, welcome back to Conversation Street. This is the point of the service or the time of the service where we look at the comments, your questions, if you have any. Uh, we've had some questions come in. I mentioned some questions at the end of the talk, which we're going to get into all in this time now. So if you do have any questions or comments, would love to hear them. Now, one of the main things uh, that has come in on the comments, which I'm going to add to the broadcast, I think if I press that, it comes up. Yes, there it is. Matt Crew has informed me that if you are in Liverpool around the 30th of October, there is a baptism service. And if you would like to get baptised, get dunked, uh, as it is traditionally known in the church, 
then you would be more than welcome. Do get in touch with us at Crowd Church. Information is on the screen. We would love to talk to you uh, and we'll happily dunk you. Uh, it is happening in Liverpool, though. So you do need to be in Liverpool on that day. Just so. So, yes. Yeah, it's a bit more tricky to do it virtually, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how you could do whether you just put yourself in the bathtub or so. I don't know how would you would do it. Would it work? I don't know. <laughs> That's another theological question to explore, Yeah, I'd never really thought about it. Ladies and gentlemen, let us know in the comments, can you virtually baptise somebody? That would be a great question over a digital mechanism like this. I would love to know your thoughts and ideas on this topic. I've not really thought about it, if I'm honest with you. But let's stick to the more traditional form of baptism for now. Um, Anna, you baptised? Yeah, I got baptised as a teenager. Um, so yeah, quite a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> if anyone watched the start of the live stream and knows your age, then yeah, they work that I, out. They've already given away my age. Yeah, yeah. Um, I yeah, I got baptized as a teenager, and um, I was never baptized or christened as a baby or anything like that. Um, so it was very much my own decision when I felt like I believed in God and I wanted to do it. So I kind of grew up in church and grew up through the youth group and. Yeah, I kind of got to the age of, you know, where I decided I want to do this. And I think mm. I did it with a few friends from my youth group. And yeah, it was really meaning. It was really meaningful for me at the time. And sometimes I think, oh, I wish I should have left it till I was a bit older and would it have been more meaningful? But I think I think it was then. Um, yeah, I've talked to a few people who are like, wish you could do it more than once. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you can. I don't know. I, I, you I don't know think what? you need to, but... Yeah, I, I think once is usually sufficient. But yeah, I yeah. feel the freedom. You know, I, I think people do get baptised more than once, don't they? It's a sort of a sign of recommitment, I suppose, in some respects. Yeah. Um, it's an interesting point you raised, though, about how old were you, if you don't mind me asking, when you got baptised? Um, I think I was about 13. Because mm. when we... Um, I used to look after the baptism service at, services at Frontline going back a few years um, after Jack the Baptist I don't know if anyone remembers those years um, and we always used to say at Frontline that if you wanted to get baptized um, you had to be 13 or older we've since revised that because people younger than 13 do want to get baptized and obviously the parents have some kind of statement uh, on this so I don't think there's an, an age restriction on that. and the only reason we said 13 was not because the bible mentions anything to do with you have to be 13 to get baptized you don't you can get baptized as a kid um but again we just knew a lot of people like yourself who kind of went i just wished i was a little bit older mm. um why why would i guess i, I you, you probably answered this already but why do you wish that you could wait till you're a little bit older i suppose for me it wasn't that I didn't understand what I was doing or that it wasn't, it didn't fully mean stuff. It's just that as I, I guess as I grew into adulthood, like my faith was challenged in a like more deep way. And there's probably times after that, that I didn't walk so close to God. And then times, yeah, probably if I'd left it a bit later, I would have counted the cost of what it really meant to be a Christian more that mm actually choosing to serve God with my whole life and put him first it's probably not something you fully count the cost of when you're only like 12 or 13 it's you know there's some things you haven't really considered then like mm. this will affect my dating life or you know kind of yeah just different 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 parts of your life that you perhaps haven't 
fully counted the cost because it wasn't that important to you. But actually, as you get older, actually, the cost of following Jesus might be, and what he's asking you to do might be more than perhaps, I don't know, that, that for me, but, you know, was how I felt about it. But as I say, it wasn't a mistake and it's not like I ever turned back on my faith. I just think, mm. um, yeah, it might have been a bit more meaningful if I'd done it a bit later. I don't know. Yeah. Who knows, right? Again, there's no right or wrong answer. Because you've got a young lad. How old's Ben? Seven. So if he came to you the next few years and said, Mum, want to get baptised, how, how do you feel? How do you respond to that as a parent, do you think? Um, I think I probably would tell him to, that is a great thing, that he really wants to do that. And maybe just to sit on it for a while and mm. pray about it and think about it and just wait for a bit. I think if it was something that kept coming up and he was really, really keen to, I wouldn't, I wouldn't prevent him. But I think it can be easy as a Christian parent, I think, to, yeah, to kind of, I know, perhaps, yeah, because you really want that for your child. You really want them yeah. to follow Jesus, to put too much on them too young, perhaps. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'd be encouraging him to just keep walking with God and um, if it's something he really feels like he really wants to do as he grows up, then do it. Yeah. Yeah, it's, um, oh, what's Dave put in the comments here? Might be helpful in big letters. In the Old Testament book of Leviticus, baptism had a different meaning. God instructed Jews to cleanse themselves from ritual impurities contracted through such acts as touching a corpse or a leper. Washing primarily fulfilled the legal requirements of ritual purity so that the Jews could sacrifice at the temple. Mm. I'm glad we've got a theologian watching what's going on here. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. Yeah. That's helpful. Um, and yeah, I, I, just to come back to that, circle back to that as a parent, I think you do want your kids to get baptised. Um, and I've been very keen not to put too much pressure on our kids to yeah. do that and it, to let it be their decision. And I think um, that would be my my only thing as a parent. It mm. doesn't really matter. If you're watching this and you're eight years old and you want to get baptised, talk to your mum and dad about it. If yeah, you're a teenager, exactly. you want to get baptised, talk to your mum and dad about it. Exactly. Um, it's, and it's I, I think every kid, every kid is different, right? Because yeah. some some people that, you know, were really passionate about God and just had a really deep, you know, some, some kids in my youth group had a really deep passion for God very young and mm. were always very on fire for God and, like, ended up, you know, I had a friend who I went to school with who, you know, from age 11 was like, God's called me to Africa. And we're in our 40s now. And sure enough, she's, you know, out in Africa with a family of four and her husband. And, you know, they're living in a really dangerous part of Africa and she's nursing and wow. they're doing some people's stuff out there. And I just think, yeah, like some people just know really early on and they just really know what God wants them to do with their life. And they're really dedicated to it. And other, mm. for other kids that comes a bit later. And I just think... Yeah, there's no exact rhyme or reason, is there? But some kids discover God much later, and that's cool too. Yeah, it is. It is. And I think, you know, we can trust God with our kids. That's a fundamental point, isn't it? Um, one of the things, again, Dave put in the comments is baptism is a sign of obedience. And this was something that actually uh, uh, I no, struggled with is a wrong phrase. I was a Christian for quite a while before I became, uh, before I got dumped, before I became baptized. It's the wrong phrase. Before I got baptized, I was a Christian for quite a while. And I was like, well, I'm a Christian. I, you know, I don't need to get baptized. It's not something that I really need to do. I, I don't know. I, I just felt a bit weird about it. If I'm, I couldn't tell you why I did. I just did. 
And then I was like, well, I got christened as a kid. Is that not the same thing? And I was getting all kinds of confused about it. And eventually it was just this, well, hang on a minute. It's just an act of obedience. I'm just going to go get wet. That's what's going to happen. And I'm, I'm just telling the world that I'm identifying as a Christian. This is my faith. This is where I stand. So not really a bad thing to do, if I'm honest with you. Uh, and so, um, so yeah, it took me a little while. And uh, I was in my 20s before I got dunked. Mm -hmm. uh, let me tell you. So, uh, where did you get baptized at? Just out of curiosity. Uh, at my mum and dad's church, where we went at the time. They had it was a proper like you know old school Baptist church, so they uh, we had a proper baptismal pool in that. So yeah, yeah under the floorboards. The just, yeah, yeah, just pull them back, and there's a baptism. Yeah, exactly. I got pull back the floor. yeah, yeah. I got baptized in uh, Peter Lloyd swimming baths. Uh, the church hired the swimming baths. That was a whole lot of water, let me tell you. Yes, there was. Um, that is a good point, though. You can basically get baptised anywhere, can't you? Yeah. Because, like, yeah, there's that thing of Justin Bieber got baptised in his bath, didn't they? Oh, did he? I, I don't, yeah, I, apparently. I'm not a groupie, Anna, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not either, but I just read it. I was interested. Sure, sure. Let's go with that as a theory. Uh, <laughs> yeah, a friend of mine, Beth, uh she got baptized she wanted to get baptized in uh the sea so we all piled down in our cars and she got baptized uh, off the coast of west kirby uh which is near cool. Liverpool. Uh, she got baptized there people have thrown to israel to get baptized in the river jordan because they really like yeah, that that was cool that would be cool to get baptized in the river jordan yeah um but there's no there's no right or wrong place um there just has to be water right and, and people are and do you think do you think christians have to do it though like, is it something that all Christians should do? Do I think it's something all Christians should do? I do. Yeah, I do. I think it's, you know, Jesus did it. It was a sign of obedience. We're told to get baptized. I just I just think it's one of those things where you're standing up in the... I appreciate there are nations around the world. And I, if you're listening to this and you are in one of those... And we know that people download this podcast, especially in nations where... Um, you know, being a Christian actually is quite a, it's not as straightforward as it is here in the West. There are problems uh, associated with it. Um, and so getting baptised is a secret thing. And I get that and I understand that and it should be. Um, uh, I think for me, it was, it was, it was time. And I think, you know, baptism is, is a sign of obedience. So I think, yeah, I mean, whether you do it in secret with a few friends uh, or whether you're, you know, live streaming it out, you know, because you can, you live in a nation where that's possible, um, then, yeah, I, I think you should. Um, yeah. What's Dave put here? In the New Testament, generally, people simply heard the message and then made a public declaration to those present. But they receive the message of Christ. It's a picture of our death, burial, and resurrection with Jesus, as you said, and in doing so, declaring that they were going to follow Christ as a disciple, which is, a, a you know, is a valid point. And so um, I don't think... If you don't get baptized, that's a that's a problem. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, I don't think you're going to get to heaven one day and, and God's going to go, hang on a minute, Matt. Well, you're not a proper Christian. You never got baptized. It's not like that. It's just, it's just like, if you can do it, and why wouldn't you? Exactly. You know? Yeah. I, I can't think of any reason why you wouldn't want to get baptized. Mm -hmm. It's just you may want to get baptized secretly, uh, depending on where you live. Uh, in the world yeah. which leads me to another question that um, people want to know the answer to probably the most popular question uh, I've been asked on this whole topic of baptism is what do you wear uh, at a baptism and I, I 
frontline our, our policy was always like you don't need any special address you don't need any special attire uh, again you read the new testament like dave said people just were like just do it now right yeah um and so i don't think you need to wear white i know a lot of people wear white i think actually uh <laughs> i kind of put That's this delicately on a live stream <laughs> for ladies in particular white is not always the best color to get baptized in and so um yeah we were always quite careful how we how we yeah. worded that um but yeah i got baptized in shorts and a t-shirt we but i mean at frontline we've done things where we've just like if anyone wants to get baptized now they can do we actually had spare clothes because you know lost property and all that sort of stuff and people would get baptized in all kinds of things just clothes that they were wearing yeah. and so there's no special attire required whatever feels comfortable for you probably best not in tight fitting speedos if you're a fella just say it just avoid them uh, this, this is no point. Um, so, uh, and who should baptize you? Any thoughts on that question? Um, I don't think, I don't think it matters. I mean, I think a lot of people choose someone who has been meaningful in their walk of faith. So like whether that's a pastor or a mentor or, a, you know, or just some friends, you know, I, yeah, it, I kind of think, it's yeah it's kind of like who you feel um comfortable with doing yeah. it with i guess anyone can baptize someone right exactly exactly it doesn't have to be the pastor of the church or the leader it just has to be someone who you love and trust and adore i think it's probably the best thing that i would uh, yeah. i would say someone like you said someone who you look up to and esteem um in the christian faith because i think and the reason why i say that is not actually because it's a biblical requirement it isn't i just think um if you baptize somebody like i've baptized i don't know how many people are baptized I, I should have kept count but it's it's a fair few over the years every single one of them is an utter privilege to do that do you know what i mean and it's and they're just really really special moments when you baptize people and um i baptized josh my son which was amazing dave and i baptized his son which was amazing do you know what i mean and there's there's all kinds of memories in my head of doing these things and i think if you choose someone who you esteem in the lord i think it's just a real blessing to the person doing the baptism if that makes sense yeah yeah uh, but yeah i don't you know uh like john harding likes to call it the priesthood of all believers which basically means we're all equal before god you yeah. don't need a special person uh to do the baptism there's no like you know special endowment which comes from god to to, to be able to baptize people uh i think just a christian who loves you and actually someone who is strong enough to get you back out of the water just saying yeah, <laughs> You don't want to stay under there too long. You just don't. You just you need someone to kind of to have that you know mobility. Well, they, in front line, in front line, they do it in a. This is not church in Liverpool. They do it in a like kind of like almost like a birthing pool. Isn't it is. It, a, like, it is exactly that's pool. what it is. It is a birthing yeah. pool. Yeah, yeah. And um, filled with water, and um, yeah, it's more of a kind of like you kneel down and then because it's not that long. Mm length is it like a traditional baptism pool it's not like a yeah. swimming pool yeah and um so like people tend to kneel down and then put their faces forwards don't they like that yeah rather than be lifted backwards and that kind of yeah. fully full out posture so yeah yeah they do and it's actually easier to it's easier to get them out when you do it that way uh, so it's kind of like any submersion it doesn't have to be a certain way either 
Yeah, there's no there's no technique. There's there's honestly there's nothing there's no school that you have to go to to do this. It's just like I just need a couple of friends, a bit of water, yeah. bash, away we go. Uh, so if you are to if you're thinking about getting baptized, I would strongly encourage you to do so. Uh, if you are a Christian, there is something so powerful and so amazing about baptism and just identifying like we talked about with the death, burial and resurrection of Christ and just saying to you those around you, those you love, to the families, to the friends, I am a Christian and here I stand, uh, has uh, an amazing impact really. So yeah, if you're able, uh, wherever you are in the world, then definitely think about it. Um, it's uh, it's just a real privilege to be able to do it. And so uh, hopefully we have taken away some of the mystique uh, surrounding the baptism. Nicola said, I got baptised twice. Oh, she's got baptised twice. Yeah, interesting. Uh, the first time when she was 19, I did that because I was told to and it meant nothing to me. It was a tick in the box. The second time was at Frontline when I really turned my life around and there was no lead up. It was happening. Uh, I was happening one day and I asked if I could be done again. Yeah, and it was. I just got in and it was honoured to be dunked by Dave Connolly. So there you go. Uh, so that was Nicola's story. So she got baptised twice. Um, so, yes, hopefully that has taken some of the mystique out of it. Uh, and, yeah, so I think we shall end Conversation Street right there. Anna, what's yep. coming up next week? Uh, that is a good question. What's coming up next? <laughs> <laughs> Did you tell me? We're so slipped tonight, aren't we? I know, we're so, we were on it. And I ask you that question knowing full well I've not actually given you the information. Uh, yeah, and so that's my bad. Today, actually, this is not just my absent-mindedness or too much into the brain. He actually hasn't told me, everyone. Yeah, that's my bad. Uh, John's <laughs> put it in the comments here. Next week, crowd church is what does the Bible say about Sabbath rest? Yes, we have the wonderful Jack go. Mariner uh, coming along to do that talk. Uh, so Sabbath and rest, which I think is. A very good topic to get into mm -hmm. right now because the world has gone crazy over this whole work thing and so yeah what does the Bible have to say about rest and taking a day off and uh, why does a good friend of mine who owns three car dealerships refuse to open on a Sunday uh, all those kind of things we're going to get into next week uh, really fascinating topics uh, and so oh I'm hosting I'm just checking the, the schedule now um, I'm hosting that one with Dan Orange so Dan and I will be talking about rest next week. Uh, Nicola Morris. Oh, she's put, are we going with the crazy questions again, Nicola? We've got time. We've got time. And I don't know if you remember this. I don't know if you were hosting when Nicola would uh, always end with a question, right? Uh, and we would read the question out. It'd be something crazy like Kit Kat or Snickers or something, you know, you kind okay. of have to choose which one. So in the question, uh, is it, do you say it as a lolly ice or an ice lolly? Right, I was going to say ice lolly, but that's because I'm a southerner living in Liverpool. I know locals say lolly ice. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I say ice lolly. Yeah, ice lolly. I... I mean, ice lolly is actually the word, isn't it? It's just, I've never lived anywhere or been anywhere else in the world that says it the other way around. Only Liverpool. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure it's just a Liverpool thing. Maybe I don't. I, I, I like you. I've never heard it anywhere else. And if you're outside of the UK, and you're going an ice lolly. Uh, what do they call it in the states? Anyone else says lolly ice, and you're not from Liverpool, 
let us know in the comments. I yeah, we, we genuinely want to know uh, if if that is. But yes, Iceland, they're just basically frozen. They're ice pops, aren't they? Or popsicles, yeah. or they're just... Uh, Ice lollies on a stick, you know, the frozen juice that you suck on a wooden yeah. stick kind of. That's what an ice lolly is if you're outside of the UK. I just don't know what they're called all over the world. Uh, maybe the rest of the world calls them ice lollies, maybe. I don't know. Who knows? So I hope that answers your question, uh, Miss Morris there. Uh, so I'm going to say ice lolly. Uh, and um, yes. I would also agree. And Matt says, thanks for tonight, Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. Thanks, Matt. <laughs> I just I just don't know how to respond to comments like that. Uh, so thank you so much for being with us. Do join us next week. Uh, you can head on over to the website crowd.church. Uh, you can find us on all social medias at crowdchurch. Well, I say all Instagram and Facebook is basically what I mean. Oh, and YouTube as well. If you class YouTube as a social media rather than a search engine, that's a conversation for another day. Uh, so, yeah, do make sure you like and subscribe and follow along with us. And do join us next week as we go live again for What Does the Bible Say About Sabbath and Rest? And that is a phenomenal topic, which I'm really looking forward to get into because it's basically the Bible telling you to have a day off. And if there's it's just amazing. God's going. I love, I love the idea of so I'm like, rest. I'm definitely tuning in on that one. Yeah, defo, defo tune in because it's going to be fab. Uh, so we will see you next week. Thank you so much for joining us. Anna, anything else from you before I hit the buy button? No, just have a great week, everyone, and stay cool tomorrow as this heat wave carries on. Oh, yeah, the Brits, the Brits and the heat wave. We'll let you know. Hopefully, with the technology, we'll still be working next Sunday and it won't have all broken down. <laughs> if there's no live stream. Down if it gets over 25 degrees, <laughs> Yeah, already they're cancelling trains, aren't they, and, uh, yeah. and all kinds of things, because our train tracks can't cope with the heat because they start to buckle. Uh, so the country is just going to be in utter chaos. So yeah. uh, I thought some prayers with those who actually genuinely go struggle with the heat. Um, so God bless you. Uh, have a fantastic week. Bye for now. And we will see you next week. See you soon, everyone. Now the darkness fades into new beginnings As we lift our eyes to a hope beyond All creation waits with an expectation To declare the reign of the Lord our God We will not be moved when the earth gives way for the risen one has overcome And for everything There's an empty grave For the risen one has overcome Now the silence breaks In the name of Jesus As the heavens cry let the earth respond all creation shouts with a voice of triumph To declare the reign of the Lord our God We will not be moved when the earth gives way For there is a one who's overcome And for every
everything There's an empty grave For there is a one who's overcome He shall reign forever Strongholds now surrender For the Lord our God has overcome Who can be against us? Jesus our defender He is Lord and He has overcome He shall reign forever Strongholds now surrender For the Lord our God has overcome Who can be against us? Jesus our defender He is Lord and He has overcome When the earth gives way For there is a one who's overcome And for everything There's an empty grave For there is a one who's overcome We will not be moved When the earth gives way For there is a one who's overcome And for every fear There's an empty grave For there is a one who's overcome